0: Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles.
1: Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Mary's going to score.
1: Touchdown.
2: Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker! Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. ha, ha,
1: ha, ha, ha.
0: Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking
1: over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any
3: better than that. Unleash the fury. We've had Thursday night football virtually all day. Just one honking huge headline after another. Ron Wolfley, keep your head on a swivel because already today. We have OBJ to L.A. Oh, man. We have Cam. Cam back <laughs> to Carolina. Cam Newton. Maybe Cam might get a package against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. A huh? little bit, a little bit. Maybe a QB power and a third and one. We'll see about that. And tonight, Ron Wolfley, it is all about the Benjamins. Eno Benjamin and his new saying, Speak Softly and carry a big (laughs) scepter and we'll explain that coming up on this edition of the big red rage with eno benjamin still to come here all presented by santan ford and gilbert we are santan ford
0: you know paulie really looking forward to speaking with eno benjamin of course this is a guy that uh coming out of college was not uh, one of the most highly touted running backs in the nation uh, a guy that has made his own way through the National Football League a guy that earlier at least Cliff Kingsbury in the week was talking about a guy that was holding on by a thread yet a guy that the light bulb I believe has gone on and you know Paulie the way I feel about Eno Benjamin I love <laughs> Eno Benjamin I see a lot of Chase Edmonds in Eno Benjamin I'm not saying he is Chase Edmonds or will have Chase Edmonds career I'm saying I see a lot of similarities. Similarities in the makeup of who they are as men, their physical skills, their their stature as well. I see a lot of similarities between these two guys.
3: How do you think Drake Kirkpatrick feels about you know Benjamin? Has anybody checked the twenty-one uh, yard line to see uh, what's left of Drake Kirkpatrick after he got trucked and jackstomped by you know Benjamin?
0: As a matter of fact, Polly, they're still sweeping him <laughs> up the grounds crew right there. Little bits yeah. of Drake Kirkpatrick. Sorry, yeah. Drake.
3: How about it? Cardinals get a 31-17 win at the Niners. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our guy, you know, Benjamin had as many rushing yards as the Niners as a team. He had 39 yards rushing. The Niners had 11 carries for 39 yards while Stunning. the Arizona Cardinals had 39 carries for a buck 63, Ron Wolfley. <laughs> That's yeah. where I start. I just start with the physical beatdown. They went in and completed a sweep of the Niners.
0: Yeah, Polly, I honestly, I thought this game was going to be decided on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You and I were talking about it last week. I really did believe that was going to be the difference in this game. It was a big, fat, no contest by the Arizona Cardinals. You already mentioned the numbers right there and how well the Cardinals ran the ball. In particular, I would say in between the tackles and then, of course, just flipping it over and looking at the fact the 49ers only rushed the ball 11 times i i I have to tell you right now i never saw that coming i never saw them not really trying to establish that ground game even though the arizona cardinals got off to a 14 or a 17 point lead polly to me it still was a situation where man you're gonna keep running the ball right you're gonna keep running the ball and they didn't they really didn't they ran 11 times
3: Well, guess what? You weren't alone. What did Cliff Kingsbury tell us this week on his weekly TV show? Game plan. You asked him about the game, and he said, yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised they abandoned the run. Now, Vance Joseph, after the game, told us how he went with a 4-4-3, and so I'm guessing (laughs) Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G looked out there and said, well, why bash our head against this brick wall that is the Cardinals' run defense and them loading the box? So the cardinals did that stop the niners run game while the cardinals run game opened everything up for colt mccoy and and i tell you what colt mccoy put up and this is hard to believe the second highest completion percentage of any cardinals quarterback ever in a single game going 22 at 26 for 249 a passer rating of 119 and wolf i mean He was more than capable. He did the impossible, winning a game for the second straight year after taking the Giants into Seattle, handing Russell Wilson their only regular season home loss. And Cliff Kingsbury this week talked about his backup quarterback.
1: They
0: watch him every day, what he puts into it. He's there early, you know, when the coaches get there, and he's there late when the coaches leave. He's like the only player that eats dinner with the coaches. (laughs) Yeah, it's just cool to see hard work pay off, man.
3: There you go. Cliff Kingsbury and Colt McCoy.
0: Yeah, Polly, honestly, right now, I think I called McCoy, and you think of a backup quarterback when you've got a young quarterback like Kyler Murray and how important it is that that backup quarterback is somebody who can be a mentor to a young quarterback like Kyler Murray and help him continue to develop, develop as the franchise quarterback they need him to be. And there's no doubt about it, Colt McCoy has had an impact, if you listen to Kyler, and just how much Kyler defers to him. Colt McCoy has had a big impact on Kyler Murray in terms of the intangibles and the mentoring. But then Paulie, to be able to get the opportunity as a backup quarterback to go out there and play in a division game on the road and start and and you play as well as Colt McCoy played. Paul, I mean, you, you just hit the jackpot. If you're Steve Keim in the Arizona Cardinals, you're looking at that signing, the impact he's had on Kyler Murray, the mentoring of Kyler Murray, and then the tangible, in between the lines, to go out and play the way that Colt McCoy played, man, you just, you hit the lottery, metaphorically speaking.
1: Yeah,
3: and guess what? Get ready. Colt McCoy might be the guy playing on Sunday. It, it is unknown right now what truly is the status of Kyler Murray. Uh, There was no practice yesterday. It was just a walkthrough. Today, he was not out there during the open portion for media and so, okay, what exactly... Even though Kyler told the media he's, quote, made crazy strides, end quote, in progressing from that ankle injury, I mean, get ready just in case it is uh, Colt McCoy again and and he talked about how vital his play caller and head coach was in the process against the Niners.
2: I thought Cliff called a great game. He Got me in a rhythm early, got me some completions early. Kind of slowed down for me, and, and uh, I felt good. You know, I told the offensive line, like, look, I'm, I'm getting the ball out. Receivers, I'm getting the ball out. I'm not going to hold on to this ball and take sacks. And then when we did some play action and took our shots, they worked, and we hit, hit on a couple screens that worked, and we found a way to win.
3: And Cliff told the story of when they signed Cole McCoy in the offseason. And they went through everything they were hoping to get out of. him. You know, be a mentor, as you mentioned, Wolf, all these other things. You can be an assistant coach. You've seen every sort of defense help us game plan. And, and Colt stopped him and looked Cliff Kingsbury in the eye and said, Hey, man, I can really bleeping play. I, I can still play. If I get under center, I will make plays. And so he's made good on his word to his head coach.
0: Yeah, and for me right now, Paulie, I'm looking at Colt McCoy, and I'm saying to myself, um, you know what, Colt, how about – Times two Can we see that again? Can we do this again? Listen, you're not going to rush back Kyler Murray. You're not going to do it unless Kyler Murray is 100%. If he's 100%, and I'm talking about the ankle, I'm not talking about his body, I'm talking about the ankle. If he's 100%, you know what? Play him because guess what, Paul. That's what football players do. That's what professional athletes do. They go out and they compete. They get paid to do it. Play him. I don't think it's really great if you sit him down when he could go out and play and be and be fine. If he's 100%. Having said that... Listen, you know what? You're, you're playing a Carolina team that has lost five of six. You're playing at home in front of the Red Sea. You're 8-1 yourself. You just beat a division rival with Colt McCoy, your backup quarterback. Why would you rush back Kyler Murray if he's not 100%? I you wouldn't.
3: It. And I agree with you. I do agree with you. But there is that specter of the end of last season looming over this season. How you lost five of seven to end last year? How you went to Carolina, and as Kyler said, got off the bus with zero juice, zero energy. Arguably, the worst performance of the year against that Carolina defense a season ago. So you're at that point of the year where you're eight and one. There's a single team with a single loss. It's the Arizona Cardinals, but you got to keep your foot down on the gas. And Vance Joseph was asked about the key, the key this year to late season success.
4: I think the good teams in this league in the second half of the year, they don't stay the same. They adjust before they have to adjust. That makes sense. Because the good teams understand that it's gonna get harder each and every week. You know, teams have two months of film on you. You know, so the good coaches and good staffs have plans to adjust before they have to adjust. And that's what good teams do. And the players understand that the more we win, the harder it's gonna get and they have to do more, you know, from from sleep, from eating right, from studying, from practicing better. And look, Wolf,
3: we don't have time in an hour show to go through all the injuries, yeah. and, but yeah. what does it say about the coaching staff, Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury in particular, that they have the best record in the NFL with a lot of backups playing key roles?
0: Yeah, you know, I agree with that, Paulie. But when I listen to Vance Joseph right there, I say, you know what? Hey, d- don't become predictable, right? No tendencies whatsoever. This is where you've got to be proactive. When you look at your offense, when you do yourself scouting offensively and defensively, you know what? What can we change? What can we do different before we sit around and wait for all these other opposing coaches to sit there and watch two months of film, two months of tape on us? What do you say we go ahead and we be proactive and we start doing things? differently don't become predictable don't ever ever show a tendency and for me right now what does that mean i look at the arizona cardinals offense and i say okay put kyler under center more please (laughs) i'm just telling you i mean there it is there's a way to say surprise we're going to be a little bit different here this isn't going to be the same old same old from the arizona cardinals and who knows and maybe on the defensive side of the ball Maybe you're just going to rush a little bit more with four and drop seven. I don't know. Whatever it is, I listen to Vance Joseph, and it tells me there's going to be changes schematically, but more importantly, philosophically.
3: Episode 7, Cardinals Folktales, entitled Cards Go Hollywood, is available on the Cardinals' YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Cardinals. A look at the hit movie Jerry Maguire and the role the Cardinals played in its production. Also check out the original audio podcast by searching Cardinals Folktales. Tales via your favorite podcast provider all right kyla murray called him a baller just ask great or patrick we have eno benjamin next on the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert
2: <laughs> trips right single receiver left Shotgun snap to McCoy. Hands off Benjamin off the left side of the 15th. He trucks a DB and walks into the end zone. His first touchdown. Eno Benjamin just ran over former Cardinal Dre Kirkpatrick and maybe put this one out of reach. 30-7 midway through the third.
0: Eno Benjamin's a little filthy.
4: Man, for the first one, too, for his first touchdown, that was awesome, incredible to see, so... You see no hesitation you know for the contact and you know he picked his legs up running out of it so special back
3: and you get the sense it is just the start you're Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley on the call the Arizona Cardinals radio network the very first touchdown for Eno Benjamin as an NFL player did he keep that football wolf oh you bet he did he carried that thing (laughs) all the way to the sideline and now and now this week Wolf he's carrying more than the football He's got a scepter as well, and I know as a huge Harry Potter guy that you are, Wolf. That you know you appreciate a scepter, so we'll get into that a little bit as we say good evening to Eno Benjamin, coming off that Cardinals win at the Niners. Eno, how's your week been? It's probably been a blur, I would imagine.
5: Um, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, going into the game, I-, I was just expecting to do some special teams uh, duty, um, and then got called into a whole uh, new, completely different role, and so um, that was something just um. Having to be prepared for and be ready um, to attack.
0: You know, how did that feel to you? How did that feel to go out there and play and play as well as you did?
5: Um, it it really feels good. Um, knowing that um, I was able to go out there and show it. I've kind of been working for um, these last few years, um, uh, just grinding every day, um, putting in the work in and um, out of the uh, uh, the facility. So, I'm um, just seeing it come to fruition was kind of a great thing.
3: 17 snaps in offense. If I'm seeing this correct, obviously the most electrifying play when you truck former Cardinals corner Drake Kirkpatrick. It's been replayed on a loop on a lot of the highlight shows. Take us through it. Take us through the play call and then how it developed in front of you.
5: Um, it was an inside zone uh, left call um, that was the play, um, and from there it was um, we had a nice looking block or scheme and nice looking look. Um, defensive-wise, um, and then uh, Rodney, and I think uh, also was the the left guard, uh, Sean Harlow, were able to um, stay on the double team, and then uh, Rodney was able to pick up the linebacker, uh, which then opened a hole um, on the front side, and then uh, Antoine Wesley just um, came in with a great crack block, uh, which kind of set uh, set uh, the angle up for it, and from there, it was just getting to the end zone.
0: Eno, talk to us about how you played overall in the 17 snaps. How did you play?
5: I um, I think I did fairly well. Um I, I credit a lot of that to the offensive line um and, and and Cliff as well just for making it um just a lot easier just the communication um, that was going on and um just uh the, the everything else that was going on around it as well.
0: Did you have any mental errors, you know?
5: Um mental errors? No, I did not. Um it's it's crazy cuz uh sacks was was not there in attendance for the game. Uh, but the one thing is uh, detail is one thing that we work on, and so he was very proud about how detailed um, it looked out there.
3: <laughs> and we've we've had your running backs, Coach, on the show, on the Big Red Rage, James Saxon, uh, an honorary <laughs> <laughs> member, of Wolf, of the fullback club. There's correct?
0: no doubt about it, Paul. Yeah.
3: So uh, what, what did he have to say to you, either maybe via text or on the phone after the game? First off, I'm guessing your phone just absolutely blowed up when you got your to your locker, <laughs> right?
5: Uh, yeah, yeah, it definitely was. And what did, uh, what, did message, what did James uh, from, Saxon
3: say to you, either via text or uh, on the phone?
5: Uh yes, it was uh, it was over text because uh, today was Saxon's uh, first day back in the building, uh, so it was great to have him
4: back. Awesome.
5: Um, but uh, through text, it was just um much more of just how proud he was uh, of me. Um, uh, and then from there it was just um great job protecting the ball and and just the the typical things that a coach would say.
0: You know, you know, it's really a situation where confidence is the currency of competition. I, I truly believe that. For anybody that is competing at the highest level, it's so important for a person to be confident. How confident are you right now? How do you feel about this game? What did it do for your confidence?
5: Um I think I have just I've had a lot of confidence going into this season. Uh, I had another year to um learn the playbook, um a, another year to just understand how the system and um as far as the NFL works. And so um I think that that boosted up my confidence a lot um as well as just being able to be comfortable with being um, in the same position um, I am in now as far as uh being here in Arizona again. Um, I think that that's where it, it all starts.
3: Tell us about your offseason. We're on board with Eno Benjamin, former ASU running back, Cardinals running back. And you know, as a seventh-round pick, you came to the Cardinals, and then you were inactive for every single game last year. And we heard Cliff Kingsbury say he had zoomed out on your stay in Arizona. He said there were times last year when Eno was hanging on by a thread. That's a direct quote from the head coach. But then in the off season, you had a conversation with Cliff and then a conversation, if I remember right, with Steve Kime. Can you reiterate that?
5: Uh, yes, and it was just a, a lot of what what they wanted to see um, going forward um, and just knowing that I had the talent um, to be in this league. And so um, there was times where um, things were very down and there was times where things were very up. Um, but um, being able to keep that um, happy middle, um, and like I said, was just able to turn that energy and focus into studying the playbook harder and everything else um, that followed.
0: You know, with me, you know, I will tell you right now, you remind me an awful lot of Chase Edmonds when I watch you play. I, I see a very similar skill set, I see a similar stature, your frame, of course. And I also see a mentality that is very, very similar to how you approach this game. Would you agree with that assessment?
5: Uh yes, I I would agree with that as well. Um I think uh, Chase Edmonds is one of the, uh, the smartest people um, in the room, um, just knowing everything that he's got to be on top of, knowing what he's got to do and stuff like that. So that's things that I, I try to watch in there, um, and then just the way he, he uh, applies it and takes it onto the field as well.
3: Well, Wolf, if, if confidence is key, I mean, think of what oh, I don't know, Uh, getting nominated and featured on Angry Runs on NFL Network (laughs) with host Kyle Brandt might do for a guy. Because, you know, if you've been busy this week and you happen to miss it, I mean, Eno Benjamin got a lot of airtime on NFL Network. Here's a clip. It's a weekly edition. James Conner was featured earlier this year. Uh, Angry Runs with Kyle Brandt on NFL Network. Roll it. Angry
5: Runs. James Connor won at week one. It's gonna be James Connor again, right? So, oh! Uh-oh. oh <laughs> Eno Benjamin. Say it again with me. Eno Benjamin. Eno E N O. It's not short for anything. He has no middle name.
3: That is why we do it. Oh, that gets me out of bed in the morning. And guys.
1: Boom. This thing's going to the desert. Guys, we got two running backs with the Cardinals who have a scepter. We got Connor and we got learn his name. Eno Boston. one more time. Shady, I love it. Adams, Peter, excellent job. If you want this thing, if you want, you know where to get it. Now come and take it. Angry runs. Boom. See you next week.
0: Man, I LaSha- thought I was jacked up, Paul.
3: I mean, Wolf, if the Cardinals can match that energy on Sunday, the Panthers are in trouble. <laughs> you kidding me? LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy was on set. He, he was he was giving your props. Man, what was that like, you know, when you saw that yourself?
5: Um, it was a, a great feeling because um, it, it's funny because I've seen Deceptor – in James's locker, but I actually never knew what it was, um, and still coming to this day, um, and just now finding out um, that, that is a, a pretty unique award to uh, be nominated for, definitely.
0: Just remember, Bali, it's not about Harry Potter. I'm, I'm a Tolkien guy, okay? The <laughs> scepter, I'm a sorry. Tolkien guy, all right? right? Not Harry Potter, all yeah. right, Bali. Well,
3: hey, Eno, as you saw on Cardinal's social media this afternoon, he it, it arrived in the mail from New York, and so what is it like to hold and wield the
5: scepter, <laughs> Eno? Oh, <laughs> um, it's actually got some weight to it. It's very much uh, heavier than I thought, actually.
0: That's pretty cool right there, you know. So look at yourself and tell me, what do you got to work on? What do you think you have to work on in regard to your game the most?
5: I would say um, you can never be more detailed um, Mm. than ever, Um, so that's one thing that's always in my focus, um, just as far as where I line up on the field, um, just how deep I am in the backfield and things like that. The little things um, are the things that you've always got to focus on. What do you think
3: people are sleeping on in your game? Did we see it on the 21-yard touchdown run? Is it your ability to break tackles? You tell us, what do you hope you show by the end of this season?
5: I think for me, um, it's just going out there and uh, just hopefully helping uh, finding a role that I could help this team win games um, in the future is my thing.
0: I got two questions for you, you know, right here. Number one, how's that locker room? What's it, what's it like to be inside that locker room right now? And part two would be who do you hang with?
5: Um that locker room, um there's definitely um I would say a lot of um excitement going on um, as well as um a lot of people being focused. Um and um in that locker room I also would say there's a lot of camaraderie um in there. Um not too many people leave the building. Um uh, whether it's lunchtime everyone's in the locker room or just anywhere in the building, either conversing with each other or or anything like that. Um I would say um this team is really um in pretty tight knit, um honestly. Um, and guys that I like to be around um, is James Conner he's a vet guy who's been doing um, doing it at a high level for some time now so I've been kind of trying to uh, stick and follow behind him um, as well as uh, I have a good relationship with um, Brian Murphy as well I know uh, Isaiah Simmons on the defense. That's
0: very cool
3: I tell you what you talk about feeding off energy I mean James Conner my goodness, he, he had that first touchdown run at the Niners. He comes to the sideline, and he's just yelling at anybody who would listen, y'all with me, y'all with me, sort of like, you know, I'm putting it out there, and I expect everyone to follow. I, he really is a catalyst on game day, isn't he, you know?
5: Uh, yes, um, he's very vocal um, on the sideline, and he's very positive. Um, He's always trying to get the best out of anyone. Um, who he comes in contact with, uh, whether, that may, uh, whether that may be him hitting you, him uh, just motivating you, him yelling at you or anything. Uh, James is always a, a guy who comes with um, high energy. If he calls
3: know, it, he calls it, well, bully ball. Okay. Bully ball. Yes. Bully ball. And, and here's what he had to say this week about, you know, Benjamin and, and just his work ethic.
4: You know, is a, is a special talent, like we see some of the jump cuts that he makes in practices and his acceleration, you know, he has
3: all the talent in the world. So, um, putting it together being a complete player that's what he's doing you know that's why i feel like i'm helping him with that all the other rbs you know you can you can see the potential in him how important is it to have different type running backs for a defense that can present different challenges you know
5: Um, I think um, it it leaves the defense not knowing what to do Um, when you've got um, two different, I guess you would say, skill set types of backs that you've got to work with. Um, So just being able to have a change of pace like that, um, I would say always keeps the defense on their heels.
0: Look at this offense in the National Football League and compare it to the offense that you knew in college. How, How difficult was the transition coming from college?
5: Um, honestly, um, I, I would tell you, um, it, it's very much similar um, just as far as the spread and the, the uniqueness of the offense as to kind of the Texas high school football thing that I was seeing there. Um, and then that going into college as well and now seeing it here at an uh, NFL level, it, it, it's, um, it's a bit similar. It's definitely different, but it's a bit similar. Um, and I think that as well has kind of helped me progress on the field.
3: You look at Eno's high school numbers, Wolf, they're ridiculous. I mean, almost absurd, like it's a typo, okay? And Kyler Murray said this week that he followed Eno Benjamin's career through Texas high school football. We'll continue with the Cardinals running back as we keep going here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Handoff, Connor, off the right side he breaks a tackle at the 10 to the 5 and into the end zone for the touchdown James Connor from 13 yards out and the Cardinals strike first here in
0: Santa Clara a great read by James Connor touchdown and a bloody nose
2: snap to McCoy handoff Connor up the middle plows forward into the end zone for the touchdown second of the day for James Connor lower the plow and hit the gas baby snap to McCoy in trouble as he backs up, and it's a screen to the right to Connor. He's caught it at the 40. Turns right to the 30. Back to the left of the 20. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Connor with his third touchdown of the day. This one through the air, and the Cardinals lead at 23-7.
3: And a much later, it'll be 31-7 at the 49ers. Cardinals complete the season sweep of their division rival. That would be your NFL leader in touchdowns, James Conner, he has 11 now, Wolf, no. after a three touchdown game, 173 yards from scrimmage. And this is just more of an observation, Wolf, as two guys who have seen every snap of every game, and we've been on the road with the Cardinals this year. There's probably an analytic out there, but I don't feel like looking it up. Hashtag no math. Has James Conner gone down on first contact all season?
0: Oh, man, really, Paul? That is a great question to ask right there. I. My goodness, I have no idea. I'm sure you know the answer. You asked it. No, you know what?
3: Let's defer to you know Benjamin. Let's <laughs> okay. let's, let's let's bring back in the guy who's in the running back room. You know what says you uh, about that James Conner question? Honestly, I'm wondering. And you know the offensive linemen, they love that when a guy doesn't go down on first contact.
5: um I would say his uh, I would say his percentage is very high. Um, He's a guy who likes contact and he initiates contact as well. Um, so um, there's a very little chance that James Conner is going down on fresh uh, contact.
0: So, you know, when you look at the Carolina Panthers and you watch these guys on tape, what are you seeing from their defense? Generally speaking, when I say the Carolina Panthers defense, what do you think of?
5: Uh, they are a very physical, fast uh, team up front. Um, they have uh, Derek Brown, um, Brian Burns. They, they also even have uh, Hassan Reddick now. Um, so they have a, a, a more than capable uh, group of guys who are uh, love getting after and getting in the backfield. How much
3: could you guys take from last year's loss at Carolina, especially when Kyler said this week, you know what, the real problem there is we had no energy, no juice, and you know, it's just a weird game a year ago. Do you take much from that film?
5: Um, I I think um, Kyler said uh, said it best, and I I think now just more so is our our focus moving forward um, and just uh, finding the right pieces and getting the job done um, when it comes to uh, this weekend.
0: You know, can you give us a scouting report on this defense schematically as a guy that no longer gets the opportunity to sit in a meeting room and listen to people talk about the beautiful blood sport and the schemes that happen right now? Can you give us a scouting report on the Carolina Panthers and what kind of defense um... I run?
5: They're a, um, a four down uh, team front. Um, they also could get in a five down um, and, and stay in that and play that very well. Um, and they also love bringing down a low safety. Um, and so so that's one thing um, just as far as running the ball and even in pass protection that um, you've got to be looking out for.
3: You know, the Cardinals just ran for a buck 63 at the 49ers. That's over four yards of carry. I think it's six times now under Cliff Kingsbury in his two and a half seasons. The Cardinals have run for 200 plus yards. Are you guys getting more respect and are teams loading the box uh, against the Cardinals' offense or are they low to do that with all the weapons on the outside?
5: Um, I, I think you said it there. Um, I think with loading the box leaves too many people um, on, on the receiving end um, with a very high opportunity of um, making reception one-on-one.
0: You know, do you expect them to play with two safeties high in this situation? If, in fact, you've got... You've got DeAndre Hopkins, if he's going to play, and maybe A.J. Green. Now, is he going to play as well? If, in fact, you have your stable of receivers out there, would you expect them to play more two safeties high?
5: Um, I I honestly couldn't tell you that. Um, I think they are a team that um, they're going to do what they do um, schematically and what they do best. Um, Not necessarily change it up too much um, to as far as what we're doing, but um, they're going to go ahead and go with their game plan.
3: Well, and here's the thing, that offensive line, we know it's a deep room and it's a good thing because you're tracking to have your seventh different starting offensive line combination on Sunday based on how the injuries go. And you tell us, I mean, you know, you're running behind these guys. Uh, what do you make of just the depth and all the moving parts up front so far this year?
5: Um, I think they're doing a very good job uh, filling in. Um, I was running with a lot of those guys uh, during the preseason and um, in the, even in training camp. And so um, I was able to get a good feel on those guys. Um, and just the fact now that they're, um, they've they moved up and they've been able to keep that and keep it going um, and help us win some games is, uh, is a great feeling.
3: Because after the win at the Niners, guys, here's Cliff Kingsbury talking about the return of Rodney Hudson. Wolf, if you want X's and O's, you want Rodney Hudson. And here was the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury
0: getting rodney back the way he leads that that offensive line group in the push how stout he is up front um you know we had some other guys go down in that line and uh the usual suspects stepped back up and and kept it rolling so it was a a total group effort and that, that group up front really played well
3: i mean wolf they just keep shuffling the cards up front and they keep producing
0: yeah, you know, that really is not easy. That's not an easy thing to do because so much of the time you're trying to create that chemistry between five guys up there. And when the pieces keep changing, it really is a testament to the job that Sean Kugler is really done with that offensive line. Yeah, that, I would say, and also Rodney Hudson as well really helps out right here. As far as Hassan Reddick goes, you know, what are you seeing from Hassan specifically on tape?
5: Um, he's playing at a high level right now. Um he he's getting um in the backfield getting to the quarterback. Um I also see him uh dropping out and covering receivers. Um so um he's playing at a all high, uh, high level currently. Um and I think Carolina um was a great place for him.
3: Yeah, he's in the top six right now in sacks in the NFL. He's right behind Marcus Golden. He has eight and a half. Anything you read about the Panthers, they call Hassan Reddick the most consistent playmaker on defense for Carolina all year long. Um, you know, what about this week? And you guys had the walk through on Wednesday, and we're on board with Eno Benjamin, Cardinals running back. Uh, you know, tell us about how Cliff Kingsbury is approaching practice this week. He mentioned that that's a change from 2020, that they looked at the way things went in 2020. They said, you know what, those Wednesday practices maybe were a little too intense. Maybe it had something to do with the second half of last season, and so he's changed things up this year. You tell us how that's gone from the player's perspective.
5: Um, Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what I was uh, the thought process behind it, Um, but I I feel like um, speaking for players, um, it's very more uh, comforting on the body. Um, I would say like um, there's a lot of people down. Um, There's a a lot of people not able to go currently, and so injuries have been playing a a huge part in that. And so I think um, just that Wednesday, just kind of just getting back into the grooves of things is helping people recover and get their bodies back.
0: You know, do you watch any other running backs across the league? Do you try to pick up some? do you do you glean or glisten anything from watching tape on other backs because Christian McCaffrey to me, I'd like to get your thoughts on what you see with McCaffrey.
5: Um, I love uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I've, been, I've been watching him since he was at Stanford. Um, and, and he's a very uh, versa, uh, versatile guy who's able to run in between the tackles and also uh, line up in, uh, as a slot receiver and even come out of the backfield running routes. Um, um, so he's a guy who could do it all um, and a guy who is a very talented uh, weapon on the field.
3: What's your preference? Would you rather juke somebody out, leave him in the dust, or just run right over him? <laughs>
5: Um i think uh, I think it's it all depends on the scenario in which fits best um at the timing as well
3: you know, let me ask you i mean you've gotten a lot of buzz this week and rightfully so, but I think it's also enhanced obviously by your a s u career so how has that been and you know does that ever get overwhelming just your popularity in the valley
5: um I, you would say uh, popularity, but I think Arizona since I was at arizona state um has done a really good job of uh, just uh, uh, I guess you would say a metropolitan area going on and so there's not too many people um, just you know fanning out um, and going out and just um, I would say um, looking for attention autographs stuff like that so it's been pretty cool here in my time in the valley I'm, I'm a smooth going guy uh, who just likes to keep um, uh, keep it even kill and that's exactly what I've been getting here
3: and i would say your popularity with your teammates too wolf i mentioned on the air the sideline erupted when he scored and then we saw the video in the locker room of the game ball presentation he got a big roar there too and i asked james conner about that today you know and he he just said i think everybody respects the progress you've made from year 1 to year 2 is that the sense you get
5: um i definitely i'm a lot in uh, in and around the locker room um i think i've i've got their trust um just i mean just even on the defense um just by running for them just how hard i I try to run for them and give them a look um, at times and stuff like that um has kind of been helping me around the locker room and um in the facility as well
0: you know if the arizona cardinals are going to get to nine and one on the season what do you think you have to do this sunday to beat the panthers
5: um i think we've got to come out and play um our most physical game yet um like I said, um, they are a very physical team, um, especially uh, especially defensively uh, and up front. Um, and so that's kind of one of the thing that we've got to come out and play our most physical game all year.
3: It's funny, James Conner said uh, the same thing, similar, and then he added today to the media he said, and that's the kind of game we like. And he just <laughs> left that
0: hang. So that, that was great. You know why? Stuff. Because of the run raid, Paul, yes. not the air raid, the yep. run raid.
3: Eno, we really appreciate the time and the insight. It was a a real treat to have you on tonight. Thanks for the time.
5: Thank you guys for having
0: me. Thanks, Eno.
3: There you go. The guy Kyler Murray called a baller. It's Texas guy Eno Benjamin as we continue and wrap up this edition next to the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: Drop straight back to throw, in trouble, steps up, and sacked by Golden at the 46-yard line. Marcus Golden having a heck of a season. Shotgun snap, Garoppolo, three-step drop. Steps up, gets hit, and sacked back at about the 13-yard line by Marcus Golden. When you need a play, 44 is there for the takedown on a five-yard loss. Garoppolo takes the shotgun snap. Short set. In the pocket. Gets hit by Golden. Sacked again at the 40-yard line. Have a day. Marcus Golden. Three sacks as he takes down Garoppolo. Start barking.
0: <laughs> Marcus Golden once again.
3: The yard dog. And Think about it, a three-sack game, he's now number three in the NFL, Ron Wolfley, in sacks. You have Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Marcus Golden, as you have a Cardinals team, a defense that is number three in scoring D, and you have a team that for the third time this year, they have come away with three takeaways and five or more sacks in a single game.
0: Yeah, you know, and the offensive line is a complete mess right now, Pauly. They lost their starting center, of course, their left tackle. And it's not like their offensive line has been great the entire year. So that's going to be a matchup to watch. No
3: doubt. Carolina is hurting, and especially on offense. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. I mean, think about it. You have a Carolina offense, Ron Wolfley, that has one touchdown in three games. They have one touchdown in the last 36 possessions. Oh, (laughs) Sam Darnold. And honestly, I think it, it might be their benefit that Sam Darnold is injured at this point. I'm not sure it would have been a coach's decision. You got Sam Darnold with 10 interceptions in the last six games. Here's a guy they traded three picks for and then picked up his $19 million guaranteed contract option for next year without ever having seen him play a game you think they have buyer's remorse on that one?
0: I think possibly, Paul. (laughs) I think that's a possibility right there. Honestly, right now, the Panthers are, boy, they're they're struggling. You mentioned it, Paulie. They lost five of their last six games, and they beat themselves, Paul. They're very, very undisciplined right now. They're tied with the Houston Texans as the most penalized team in the National Football League. Ouch. And, Paulie, they have 15 giveaways on the season right now. There are only three teams in the league— that give the ball away more than the Carolina Panthers. You put those two things together right now, man, it's it's getting bad in Carolina, Paul. And now
3: they have P.J. Walker. Who's P.J. Walker? He's an XFL star. Uh, the question is, is he an upgrade over Sam Darnold? Honestly, he's going to be making his second career start in his other NFL action. He has a touchdown and five picks. Cliff Kingsbury said, though, the Cardinals were intrigued by P.J. Walker enough. <laughs> they did research on him in the off season and they actually thought about maybe bringing him in. And so we'll yeah. see what he's all about. At the very, you talk about a a porous offensive line. He definitely has the ability to extend plays a lot more than Sam Darnold, correct?
0: Well, uh, not really, Paul. That's the thing about it right here. When you watch uh, PJ Walker on tape, I mean, Paulie, a 42, a a quarterback rating of 42, Paul. In 71 attempts, 71 pass attempts, as you said already, he's thrown five picks to one touchdown. Paul, and he's ran the ball seven times for 10 yards. When you watch him... Um on tape, he doesn't really have a burst. And when you do a little research, you see that he came out of college running a 4.75. That's not lights out for the most part right there. He had a vertical of 29.5. Paul, I had a vertical of 33. I'm just telling you that right now, okay? You know, um, he just – he it's not like you see – Um, somebody that you're very very impressed with again i'm not trying to disparage the man in any way shape or form but he's a backup quarterback for a reason paul
3: and there's a reason they went on got cam newton today there's a reason they gave cam newton 4.5 million guaranteed with the possibility of making 10 million this year so you know and and by the way I, i i disagree with matt rule when he said today a healthy cam newton is a special player quote unquote no not anymore Not based on what we saw Cardinals in New England a year ago. I mean, in that game a year, he was terrible. Against the Cardinals, he had a passer rating of 24. To me, that was the most miserable loss of last season when the Cardinals lost to Cam Newton and a passer rating of 24 in that game at New England.
0: Yeah, but Paulie, if we're talking Carolina Panthers quarterbacks right here, what are you going to do with Sam Darnold? <laughs> what, what are you going to do with the Paulie? You you owe him 19 million dollars next yep. year. Oh yeah, I, it, I, Paulie, 17 and 30 in his career as a starter. He's thrown 52 touchdowns to 50 interceptions. You know, I think Sam, listen, I like Sam Darnold as a backup. I really do think he's going to be one of these guys that will be a backup quarterback and have a career doing that. But he's not a franchise guy, in my opinion. I think there's a large enough sample size to actually prove that. And now, all of a sudden, you're on the record for paying him $19 million next year, guaranteed? Yeah. Man. It's,
3: yeah. It, it It's a really tough deal. And then what happens when he comes back this season? How does Cam Newton react? Because we know Cam Newton leaving New England admitted later, yeah, I would have been a distraction with Mac Jones, which is the reason he got cut by Bill Belichick. So we'll see how that all plays Mm -hmm. out. But to your point, their offensive line was bad. Now they're really injured. No left tackle. No starting center. So Marcus Golden, uh, he might be poised for another big game. And here he was when he was asked about his sack dance at the 49ers.
4: That's my first time dancing. The little step I did, that's my first time dancing. I usually run off, stump the ground, yell, point at the crowd, but I was feeling a little juicy that day. I had to bring out a little swag. I had to bring a little swag out that day. It felt good. My mom and my dad, they liked it a lot, so... I might I might bring a little more out next time.
0: You said juicy, ball.
4: I tweeted that out, and his dad
3: actually replied. He said, "You're darn tootin'. You're darn tootin'. We enjoyed it." So, uh, and I loved his Twitter handle, Marcus Golden's dad at No Joke Moke. So that was a that's a great Twitter handle right there. Now, but here's the thing. Hey, to your point, and that was a great question to you know Benjamin Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if the Panthers' offense is firing, it goes through Christian McCaffrey both on the ground and through the air to a large degree. Here's Vance Joseph on that challenge.
4: The little guys man they hit, they hit holes, and they can make big plays that are at least to touchdowns and that 's a problem with those guys and also with christian uh, the pass game is is one of his best you know, parts of his game you know so he 's a guy in both areas run, running game and pass game on every down so it's going to be a challenge to stop the run game always, you know, with, with their old line and their backs. But the pass game, first, second, and third down with Christian, that becomes a problem. And, Wolf, here's the thing. Not only did they lose
3: in their most lackluster loss of the year a year ago at Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater, okay? Yeah. But two years earlier, they lost to Kyle Allen yes. in their own building. There yes. is, And you know what Cliff Kingsbury told us this week on Game Plan his TV show. What has he been telling his team all week in the locker room? that Carolina owns a five-game winning streak against the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, you know, Paulie, this is this is the great thing about it. This is where my confidence level soars. I don't think we're going to see any kind of letdown mm. on Sunday. I don't, Paul. And that makes me – I mean, you're sitting here at 8-1 right now. I don't expect the Arizona Cardinals to take their foot off the gas one iota, and it's because of the people they have – inside of that locker room it's because of the the culture that they have inside of that locker room and Paul Wow, that I mean, that's a weird yeah. feeling for me to feel that way, knowing that you've got eight games left.
3: It's been reg- it's being regulated from the inside out. Yes, that's, yes. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, Vance Joseph is the guest this week in the Dave Pash Podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts for the latest, go to Twitter and at Posh pa- Pash Pod for Jim Ondro and Jeff Darge, Ron Wolf, and Paul Calvici. How about a shout out here on Veterans Day? Not only to all our veterans, all who serve, but our own Walt Ellis. Radio engineer extraordinaire and war hero in Vietnam. How about a Walt uh, Ellis and a shout out. A happy Veterans Day to him.
0: Vulture 13.
4: Number one, Tyler Murray.
1: You've been listening to the Big Red Rage. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.